Hello everyone and welcome again to the Jobs Podcast. My name is Barry Vickers and thank you again for downloading this episode, which will be about cover letters. I'd like to remind you that the podcast website is at irishjobspod.wordpress.com. I've recently changed it from Tumblr for a variety of reasons I won't get into here, but basically the RSS feeds weren't working. So the new website address and the permanent address of this podcast now will be irishjobspod.com wordpress.com and you can also subscribe to this podcast in for free in itunes or in learn out loud as ever i always welcome your comments or feedback or ideas for future episodes please email me at barry at barry.ie and feel free to connect with me through linkedin and um, so this week i'd like to talk to you about cover letters and notes so from the previous episode you have a strong cv and now you want to get it under the nose of the right person first of all let's understand why you would create a cover letter well like everything else you do in your campaign, this is an opportunity for you to market yourself. So the first thing I would say is do it well or don't do it at all. It's somewhat of a lost art and I find that a lot of recruiters may disregard or ignore or even strip off cover letters, partially because it's not done well or it's an inconvenience or sometimes sometimes it's in the candidate's best interests. As such, a good, appropriate cover letter can distinguish you from the competition. So let's go through some tips and some of the common pitfalls. First of all, make sure it reaches all the way through to the person you want to get it. By this, I mean, consider using the same file, for example, the PDF or Word document that is also your CV. Why? Well, imagine you're a busy recruiter or decision maker and you have to review 50 CVs to make a shortlist. That's 100 CVs and, and cover letters. So the logistics of connecting with CVs to which cover letters is a bit of an overhead. So having them in the same file makes sure that they stay together. For various reasons though, I wouldn't do this when submitting your CV to a recruitment agency though, because, well, mainly because recruiters generally write a cover letter of their impressions of you or an assessment of your suitability when submitting your CV to their client. Don't do it either if you're applying to multiple roles at the same time in the same organization. Now, as a sidebar here, where you see multiple roles in the same company, my recommendation is always to apply to them and apply to them all. They may have different managers in the organization, so you wanna make sure that you get the full coverage. Note the difference between the two roles though, that's that when asked for your preference, you can steer around this question by saying that you're equally attracted by both roles, role A because of X and role B because of Y. Because that kind of a question about which your preference is sometimes a disqualification question whereby they're trying to maybe pull you out of, of one in favor of the other. If an applicant tracking system asks for both the cover and a CV, put your cover letter up twice, once as a standalone and once again in the CV file, perhaps at the back this time, so the recruiter doesn't think that you've made an error and uploaded the same file twice. Make sure your cover letter is formatted correctly, i.e. as a letter. Make sure you have your address, contact details at the top right, a greeting, the body of your letter and then a sign off. The usual rules apply, for example, make sure that your phone number is there, including international codes and excluding superfluous digits and so on, like I discussed before in previous episodes. Next, make sure it's got the right opener. My favourite is the classic Dear Sir slash Madam. But that's if it's in the document, as letters are formal. If you know the person or people who are the recipients, address them by name here, although you may be up against cultural issues in relation to calling them by their first name or whether or not you should call them Mr. or Ms. or Mrs. Um, if you're sending by an email as it's less formal channel of communication, hi can be better than a dear. And if you're in a dialogue, you know, consider by, by the just jumping into the body without a greeting. So in other words, if 
you're in a dialogue with someone and they say, okay, well, what I'd like you to formally apply, if you're sending that in, maybe leave off the high or whatever, just start off straight away with the, uh, please consider my CV and so on and so forth. Don't forget the madam part in Dear Sir or Madam. Although in some cultures a female recipient might be less likely, making this assumption is very unwise for two reasons. First, consider that HR departments in particular can have a much greater gender entropy than other departments. Also, secondly, modern companies generally have a policy in place to promote gender equality, so making assumptions like this might make a recruiter feel that you will not feel, fit into the company with such an ethos if you make assumptions like that. Steer clear of using job titles such as Dear Recruiter or Dear HR Professional or To Whom It May Concern or Greetings or Dear Director. It dehumanises the recipient in my opinion. Send electronic files if you can and follow the application process that's prescribed. This might sound basic but make sure your CV is basically reaching the right person along with your cover letter. Make sure that your contact is still there and not move departments or companies. I do say follow the prescribed process because it shows that you have paid sufficient attention to the job listing or description. It also means that your CV can be found in the future if necessary because it will be with the others. It, it, it actually surprised me when I joined agency recruitment the number of times in my agency days that new positions that we got in from clients were actually filled by applicants who had applied from previous roles that were the, effectively on file with the agency. I'll say too, unless asked to, I don't recommend sending by post. It's old fashioned, it's expensive for you to do this to multiple employers and it means that unless the company has an optical character recognition scanner or something similar, you, your CV cannot be indexed and searched for future roles that come up. Emailing or uploading into an applicant tracking system is simply more future proof. Posting may give an employer impression too, even if it's not actually the case, that you're not totally au fait with technology or you're worse, you're unable or unwilling to learn it as a skill. I, I will acknowledge here that not all roles are technology based, but I think it's fair to say that the majority of roles would require some of basic level of computer literacy, which would encompass your ability to, to send your application through email or so on. If you don't follow the prescribed process as well, some companies may even dismiss your application outright as a result. This sounds harsh, but they may be under an obligation to do so, in some cases by business rules or in some circumstances by legislation. I personally have been in this situation where this is the case and the overreaching reason was that fairness was the underlying rationale. If you want to, mention the role that you're applying for in the cover letter. but. Bear in mind, though, it's sloppy to give a generic or non-specific role such as, you know, anything in engineering or worse, anything that matches my skills, as it gives the impression of laziness, i.e. you haven't read the requirement. And it's very detrimental to mention the wrong role. Both give the impression that you're not specifically engaged with this employer. Therefore, mention the specific role or don't mention roles at all. If you want to cover off future roles, you can always cover that off by saying something like, I'm interested in this particular role or other suitable roles that may arise in the future. And maybe even ask the company to keep your details on file, although invariably they probably will anyway, even if you don't ask. Next, know the difference between attached, enclosed and to follow. By this I mean when you're saying, please find attached my CV or please find enclosed my CV or please find to follow my CV. To follow means if you scroll down, then it's the next page. Attached means it's attached as an attachment to the email or perhaps by paperclip. Enclosed means it's in the same, and I'm going to use the term envelope, and I mean 
that in the electronic sense as much as the physical sense. If you're unsure which to use, don't use these terms. Just say, I am sending or please consider or similar. Market yourself in the body of the cover letter. This is the most important thing. This is not a place for vague, unsubstantiated statements such as I'm a hard worker or I'm diligent or I'm a strong team player. Stick to facts. So, for the previous examples, I have delivered X for hard working. My work has required diligence because it is complex and critical path. Or, for the team player, I've worked in large teams and helped my colleagues outside my own responsibility by offering to help with task X, which is their responsibility. Make it measurable too if you can. Quantify your success if you can by rather than just saying it was to the highest levels. So for example, ask yourself, how do you know that what you've been doing has been done right? Have you applied a recognized methodology to your work such as lean or waterfall or agile? Have you received recognition from your work? Make sure what you are selling is what they are buying too. Have a look at the job description and make sure that you're covering off as many points as you can. If there are gaps, cover them off by mentioning closest match skills. So perhaps you haven't driven a car, but you've driven a motorbike. It's also an opportunity to showcase what you know about the company other than what's on the website. If you have done this deeper research, demonstrate it here. Next, mention any ancillary information that may make you more attractive as a candidate. For example, visas or green cards that you may hold or security clearances that you may have satisfied or your availability if it's short. Lastly, close off politely. For me, a simple best regards is best an email or yours sincerely is sufficient in a cover letter. However, the grammatically correct sign off when you do not know the person's name is actually yours faithfully. In general, these rules don't get noticed, although I do notice them, but I don't put much stock in them as they are very much old school rules. However, if the role you're applying to is one where you will have to take care with your grammar, it's best to get this one right. Express that you look forward to hearing from the person or company, but don't push for a deadline or a timeline. I sometimes see phrases like, let me know when I can expect feedback. This is a bit too pushy and there may be a variety of factors why the recruiter can't commit to a deadline for you or when a response may follow. Factors can be the volume of applications received. If it's high, it may slow down the process. They may be difficult to get the hiring manager to respond to applications quickly because, you know, they're already a person down because they're looking to get someone to join their team. So they're going to be busier than normal. There could be issues around interviewer availability. So the technical people that may need to interview you may be on assignment. Other things may even be outside of the company's control, such as the availability of other applicants to go through the various stages of the process. So asking for a deadline at this stage is inappropriate and puts the recipient in a difficult situation of either having to give you a vague answer or ignoring or not responding to your question. You're also highlighting a certain lack of business acumen by asking this question. Some other miscellaneous do's and don'ts. Make sure you're not highlighting weaknesses or shortfalls in your candidature. So as before with the car motorbike example, there's no need to say I have never driven a car. You can simply state I have driven a motorbike. Make sure if you're saying in the cover letter that it's also evident in the CV. If they get separated or worse or inconsistent with each other, your candidature will suffer. Express enthusiasm, but bear in mind enthusiasm alone is unlikely to secure the role for you. You need to demonstrate your suitability through skills and experience if applicable. Make sure not to lose sight of this. Just as you do with your CV, use bullet points if you like them, if you want to highlight your match. 
the only risk here is that if there's X number of bullet points in the description and you have less than that in your bullets in the cover letter, it might draw attention to some of your gaps. So use with caution. And certainly in this circumstance, do not repeat or cross-reference yourself. So in the cover letter, don't say things like, as I said above or similar. So that's it in summary. First of all, make sure it will reach the right person in the right way. Format it as a letter. Watch the grammar rules in terms of greetings, sign-offs, and things like attached or enclosed. If you want to, mention the role in your cover letter. Use relevant and substantiated statements in your body to market yourself for the role. And mention any other attractive points about your candidate. So that's it for today. I hope you found this episode useful. And if you have any comments or tricks or advice that you'd like to share, please drop me a line at barry at barry.ie or comment on the site, which again is irishjobspod.wordpress.com. This episode is part of a series that are available to download free at iTunes or at learnoutloud.com. And next week, I'll be talking about the basic preparation for interview. But for now, thank you again for listening. Good luck with your job search and take care.